Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger, and we do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. For those that don't know where Mountain Time is, that's 6 p.m. Pacific <laughs> and 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for joining us. Um, I've got some cool stuff to talk about. He's late. I am. Oh, it just clicked to 701 on my screen. So, yes, I guess I am slightly late. Sorry about that, folks. Um, a wizard is never late. A wizard arrives precisely when he means to, right? Right? <laughs> um, going to go over some exciting stuff today, and then we'll get to all your questions and comments. So, I'm just going to start with the shipping report. I am happy to say that... Nothing that I shipped out this week has had a problem. As far as I know, as far as has been reported to me from my customers, um, everything has arrived alive and, and seems to be doing fine. So that's where we want to be, 100% success rate. We usually get pretty darn close, but it's nice when we actually get the one hundo. So that's awesome. Now, if that's not the case and you did have a problem, please feel free to report to me. You can do it dan at dansfish.com. That's my email. Or you can leave in the chat here. It's it's all out. It's all transparent. Everyone's allowed to know. Um, we, uh, we work hard to make this uh, make our, our fish and our shipping good for the customer and good for the fish. And usually everything goes well. So I'm not afraid of people just, you know, letting me know when there's problems, even publicly. It's fine. We're all in this together. So no worries. Um, <laughs> Orange Coast, I want my entrance fee returned since you were late. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, it's sweet vengeance, isn't it? Because usually when people are late, I'm like off to the principal's office. But I guess I have to go see the principal now. I'll do that promptly after the stream. The principal's name is Brenda, um, <laughs> my lovely wife. So that's the shipping report, 100%, which is great. Um, the import report is I got some new fish in yesterday, um, some Tatia, so some wood cats. Um, they're the galaxy wood cat. I think it's, oh, I forget the, the gene, the, uh, the species name, but a cool small little wood cat with lots of neat markings on them. Don't get too big. Stay around, I think two to three inches, uh, two inches, I want to say. I'd have to look again. Maybe they get as, as big as three. Peaceful little guys, kind of cool. Um, and then some wild type bettas. I was able to get betta NSA back in again. It's been, has it been a year since I've been able to get that fish? It's been a long time. Betta falcs, betta uh, pugnax, and betta bellica. Betta bellica are beautiful. They're, they're amazing. If you haven't tried them yet, they're in a bubble nest breeder, not a mouth brooder. Large, peaceful, lots of iridescence, lots of green and blues on them, extended fins, really pretty for wild type betta. Um, betta pugnax is the first wild type betta that I ever kept in spawned. I never got fry from them. This was, I was probably 14, 15 years old when this happened. And back then there was like the North American Fish Traders Guild. And so you get a monthly like, or bi-monthly pamphlet in the mail, brochure, um, where you would list the stuff you had available and other people would too, and then you would kind of swap. It wasn't so much for selling, it was more swapping. So I remember I was breeding, breeding and raising Aplicylus panchax, a, a little surface dwelling um, killifish that looks kind of like a little pike. It uh, looks a lot like a golden wonder body shape. And um, a, another gentleman somewhere in the United States had betapugnax. 
and I wanted to try wild type bedits really bad. So we did a swap. I sent him some fish and eggs and he sent me some pugnacks and they spawned all the time. But I was so enthusiastic that uh, whenever they spawned, I would check on the male every day, make sure he's still holding. Right. And I think I disturbed him too much. So he never held the term, uh, but it was the first wild type mouth brooding type betta that I ever observed spawn and, and had holding eggs. Don't think I got fry from that first pair though. Cause again, I just had to check every day, you know, go find them. And I think that was a problem when you're a 14 year old kid. So got those in. I'm going to give you a quick look at some of the fish that we'll be listing this weekend for sale. Um, the large import that came in, almost all those fish are ready to go. So I'll be doing that. But first I want to talk about our giveaway. Um, our giveaway tonight is provided by Absolute Aquatics. Um, thank you so much, Tracen, for doing that. And this is Absolute Aquatics YouTube channel, new YouTuber. And the giveaway is for two $25 gift certificates to dansfish.com. So there'll be two different giveaways. We'll do them at different times tonight. Um, and Absolute Aquatics will um, is, is providing those, and I'll send them out to you if you're the winner. So, um, yeah, two chances to win, $25 each for a total of $50. And to enter, hashtag is absolutely. That's the half, hashtag. Just one word, hashtag absolutely to enter tonight. So if you'd like a chance to win a $25 gift certificate or two, um, enter hashtag absolutely in the chat. And uh, at some point, we'll draw a couple of those. So thanks again to Tracen from Absolute Aquatics for uh, providing those. I really, really appreciate it. Now to show you, and I just took a few species. I guess, let me show you. Here's what I'll do. I'll show you a few highlights from the list. Um, and then I'll show you the entire, just pictures. And then I'll, I'll take a moment to show you the entire list so you can see everything that came in and... Oh, I haven't been showing this, have I? Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag is absolutely. And this whole time, I thought I was helping Absolute Aquatics out by showing his YouTube channel. But here it is. I'll link it down below. There you go, Tracen. And, um, or maybe I was showing it and I forgot and switched back. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so let me show you some pictures of some highlights and then I'll show you briefly the entire list. Almost everything on the list is doing really well and is ready to go. There are a few species that were delayed or that are still a little shaky. And so those aren't ready yet. But here we go. So the first thing is black German rams. No problems with these guys whatsoever. They came in and started eating within an hour of being let go. No clamping fins. Um, one tiny outbreak of ick on day two, but that's totally normal with these guys. And it was cleared up within 48 hours and there has been no problem since. So I, I actually expect that with rams, especially if they get a little cold, they're going to get ick. And, and it just happens. But they're, they're small, maybe on the one inch side, I would say but healthy and happy. So black rams is the first one. Second one is Corridor's Equus. Um, same suppliers last time. Again, just like last time, no losses out and about eating, doing really well. So I'm really happy with the supplier for Corridor's. It's been 
all the quarries I've got from this person have been fantastic, haven't had problems. Um, some Aspidorus, these are Ramundi, which are kind of like a Corydoras catfish. They stay pretty small, they're a little more slender, a different genus, but you can keep them like a quarry. Same basic behavior, same basic look, just, just a little bit different. These are the true freshwater bumblebee goby. So I got a bunch in, they're doing fantastic, no losses, they're eating flakes, they're eating pellets, they like scuds too and all that stuff, but so far super easy to keep. And they don't look like this, this is not what they look like, they're not that bold pattern, they're more like, um, well, this is pretty good, more like this, although this one's faded out a little bit. Um, let's see, I'm trying to find a picture that's fairly accurate. I mean, these are pretty close. Yeah, something like that. Um, but true fresh water, which is cool because I don't like keeping brackish water, but I love bumblebee gobies. Another really cool goby that I showed briefly, I think last week, is this one. I'm not going to try to, well, I am going to try. Zosterophrum. Sicupus <laughs> zosterophorum. Anyway, they really are stunning. They, they are truly beautiful and doing great. These little guys are awesome. These are the tiger gobies. And this is, that's a flattering picture. It's overexposed. So it makes it seem like a bright white band. It's not really, it looks, this is very accurate right here. It is tiger striped, but that picture is a little misleading from up above. So something like that. Um, yeah, that's this here. That's that's pretty accurate. They are like a horse face loach. They burrow in the sand and you'll just see their little faces poking up out of the sand until you put food in and then they all rush up and eat the food. They're only eating live and frozen so far, though. They're at the point where they're like picking they like suck in flakes and pellets and kind of chew on them and spit them back out. I think within a couple more weeks, they'll, they'll be able to transition completely. But right now, if you get them, uh, realize they'll need live and frozen foods. Celebes half beaks, a uh, nice kind of dark colored half beak gets a little larger than your wrestling half beaks or your platinum half beaks. Um, Awesome fish, easy to feed, easy to breed, um, pretty hardy for a half beak. The, the, one of the things that makes them hardy versus the other species I have is they don't have a super long beak. So they have the half beak, but it doesn't protrude out like half their body length or a full body length or something. So they're less likely to get damaged in shipping. Um, got some L14s. Um, sunshine plecos, I think is, or gold spot, Pleco, I don't remember. Um, L14s, absolutely stunning, doing great. So I'm, I'm liking this pleco thing. Thanks, Mikey Trevor, for giving me the courage to try them. <laughs> Shodenai puffers are doing fantastic. Um, one came in with a deformed mouth and I'm worried about him. I don't know if it's an injury, I don't know what it is, but everyone else seems to be doing well. And what they actually look like now, because they're little, is like this. This is a very accurate picture of what they look like. Um, kind of that mottled spotted pattern versus an adult, which uh, check out Preston John's uh, channel for, for adults, but here's some pictures of some adults. Um, but they're doing really well. They're only eating snails and scuds right now because the tank I put them in just has a bajillion in there. 
and they haven't gone through them all yet. So um, I haven't tried to get them onto prepared foods yet because they still haven't gone through all the live food that was in that tank when I put them in. And it's not because they're not eating well. They're eating very well. It's just because there were literally a bajillion scuds and snails in there. Um, and then we get into the rainbow fish section. This is the Frederick guy. Oh, one more goby. Um, the Flavipinus. It's a cool little sleeper type goby, but it gets this bright yellow dorsal. And they actually have that. When they came in, they had it. It, it didn't like fade out or anything like that. Um, here's another cool picture. This bright yellow um, anterior dorsal fin. Predatory guys, but they don't get too big. And um, my first time with them, so that's kind of all I know right now. Eriangias, this is a, a rainbow fish species. Uh, Wanamensis, the green dragon, I think they call these because of that large, uh, oh, that picture doesn't show it so much here. Like these big filaments they get on their fins. What's next? Um, I got three locations of Trifosciata. I got Hapgood River, Cohen River, and um, <laughs> shoot, and another one that I can't remember right now. And each one's as pretty as the last. This they're they're awesome. Mama Hensis, because I've never seen this fish before and I wanted to see him. So interesting rainbow fish that you don't see very often. And the last one just on the highlights reel, it was hard to pick. There's lots of great ones we could have put on the highlights reel, but more uh, Pluticola, Pseudomugil Pluticola. And this, this picture is pretty good. They get a lemon yellow on the fins and kind of this steel blue, I would say. Um, on the body. Not a super bright colored Pseudomugil, but um, super rare and, and not bad looking. I would call it handsome instead of beautiful, but that lemon yellow really does um, come into play on them. So it's not just a silver fish. And okay, let me get all that out of the way. Okay, close down all those tabs because that was that was, oh, I did miss the Orisius. I'm sorry, Michael. Let me bring that up. I absolutely did. So, here, got two species of Orisius rice fish in. This first one is uh, Profundicola. It's a neat rice fish. It, it looks a lot like this tan with that barring and a bright blue eye, but the males get this uh, kind of yellow color on the fin margins. So I would say if you took this picture and combined it with this one, you get a good idea of the body plus the fins is what they actually look like. And then I got some more of the other one. Let me just show you real quick. I got some more Matanensis um, just because I really liked them and, and they're doing really well. So I got some more. They're breeding actually. I have baby Matanensis uh, from the original batch that I got. Now the Profundicola and the Matanensis are wild caught and um, they're not going to be ready this weekend. With They're just, I can just tell that they aren't there yet. Um, I know what that fish acts like when it's totally healthy and totally settled in and it's, it's just not there. So part of the issue is it takes them a while being wild caught fish. 
not that rice fish are picky, but with these two species, it takes them a while to start eating flakes and pellets really well. And they, they are eating them. That kind of actually just started today where they readily took them. But it's going to take a couple of weeks of them eating that regularly um, before they all really learn to attack it. And at that point, I'll feel comfortable selling them. A couple of them have kind of, it's not pine coning. It's not like dropsy, but if you look at the scales, they just look a little rough. So they have some more settling in to do. And, and I'm not surprised because the first group of matinensis I got in took a long time to settle in. It came in bad shape, the first batch. So that was part of it. These batches both came in great shape, but um, it's going to just take a while for them to settle in. But two really cool species of rice fish that uh, you just don't see out there. Every now and then you might see them, but they're hard to find. All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, then I was going to show you just real briefly before I move on. I, if this isn't for you, don't worry. We're going to move on pretty quick. Um, but I wanted to show, not that. What was I going to show? Hang on. The full list. Okay, I didn't put everything on the highlights reel because I didn't want my computer running so many tabs um, and getting confused. But here's the entire list of what actually arrived. And I'll just set it there for a second and then I'll page down. The only thing on here that didn't come was the uh, pike crocodile fish, the predatory gourami basically. Um, okay, let's scroll down. You've all had a chance to look at that. We'll just leave this here for a couple seconds so people have a chance to see it. And, um, and again, almost everything on here is doing great. There's a couple of things that I'm holding a little longer, either because they aren't doing well or because I just want to give them a little longer so I'm confident with them uh, based on my past experience with that species or similar species. Just want to give them a little extra time. So that's the entire list right there. Um, and now we'll close that out. Hold on. Let me get that out of here. Cool. And now I want to move on to something which I think is really cool, which is this, which I'll show you in one moment. <laughs> this, he says, and nothing appears. Okay. So... We're, I'm, I'm confident enough that this is happening uh, now, that we're far enough along in the process. Uh, there's still a little ink that has to dry, but this is happening. So this is the warehouse we're building. We're doing it in two phases. This is the first phase, this upper building here. The second phase is this section down here. This will hold 508 aquariums. This section right here is the treatment area. So water comes in. Uh, goes into a pressure tank, then goes into a sediment filter, then goes into um, a carbon filter, then into a UV filter, and then into a heat exchanger, and then out to a boiler and goes through all these aquariums. Then it comes back, drains from the aquariums, goes through another UV filter, goes through the exchanger, and goes back to the creek. So that's this is how we have it laid out. It's basically a whole bunch of aquariums, a couple workstations, water treatment area, workstations and storage area, and a bathroom, and some office space, some desks. So that's 
what is being worked on right now. We're, we're already kind of moving on it. And here is the official plan. Let me see if I can move myself. Um, hang on, I've got a transition here. Then I can get myself a bunch smaller. There, so I'm not in the way. So here's the official um, rendering uh, that the draftsman has done, the floor plan here. Phase one, this is the elevation. Phase two, we'll meet up here and go down here and we'll throw a couple um, a couple cupolas on the roof or something to make it a little prettier. Um, and then here's what the front of the building looks like. So it's moving along. We're, I think everyone's totally committed. We have enough funds to break ground and get going. Uh, we might need a few funds to fill out completely with tanks, but we have enough now to put enough aquariums in there and get it kind of up and running. Um, but if you are interested in investing in Dan's Fish, um, we are looking for some more funding just so we can build that out completely from the get-go. The thing is that the water treatment area, that equipment that we're running, basically whether we're running that to one aquarium or 508 aquariums, we still have to run the water treatment system. And so it makes sense to kind of get it full of aquariums and running um, completely as quickly as we can versus running all that heavy equipment. It's not heavy equipment. That's a backhoe. All that filtration and purification and sanitation equipment and, and not taking full advantage of it by filling the building completely with aquariums. So we are looking at raising a little more funds so we can do that. Um, but it's coming along. Uh, everything's, everything's moving along. We started meeting um, with, well, I've been meeting with contractors and everyone for a while, but we're at the point now where the city is basically like, okay, yeah, let's, let's start moving on this. So I'll get the um, foundation permit approved. Uh, hopefully I can get that done. It'll probably be next week when that's approved. And as soon as that's approved, then we're good to break ground on this. So we're moving right along. I don't, my dream is to get the walls and ceiling up before the hard freeze of winter sets in. Uh, cause you can't really pour concrete when it's 30 below. <laughs> it's hard to pour a foundation when it's 30 below, but if we can get the foundation done walls and, and ceiling on and get it enclosed, then I can build it out and get all those racks built and everything set up over the winter so we can open and be ready for business kind of in the spring, early summer, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, anyway, that's everything on my end. What's that? It's been 24 minutes that I've been gabbing. So that's probably enough of me. Um, we'll get to your questions and comments now. Thanks again to Absolute Aquatics for providing two $25 giveaways for tonight's giveaway. Two $25 gift certificates, shall we, for tonight's giveaway. Here's Absolute Aquatics um, YouTube channel if you want to give him a look-see. So thanks again, Trace, and I appreciate that. All right. So with that, I'm going to get to your questions and comments. And let's see here. How many mods do we have here tonight? Do we have enough to try something new? We have Kaler, Candy. I saw Punchy Paints in here earlier. Okay, cool. I was wondering, mods, and let me know. Um, I've actually been meaning to call you guys and, and, and get your opinion on this, but it's, 
I'm just going to say it now. I'm wondering what you guys would think about trying to run the live stream a little different tonight just to see how it goes. So questions and comments. We all know I'm always, as, as Candy puts it, at least six months behind. I, I never catch up. Um, there's so many that a lot of people get left out. I'm so far behind that chat often jumps on me and cuts out whole swaths of questions and comments. And I'm wondering if there's a better way to manage it. So what I thought we might do mods and let me know if this is just horrible is um, if you guys look for questions and comments that you think are interesting or that have merit or that you just think, Hey, let's, let's do this one. Um, if you would grab it and, and post it for me to see, um, if you make it at dance fish, you know, I'll see it. And so I'll look for mod comments that have at dance fish in them and read those. That way I can stay at the bottom of the chat all the time and just look for that as you guys feed them to me. Now, what I don't know is if that's, that that's extra work and you guys already do a bunch. So I don't know if that's something you can handle how we are right now. Um, but if you can, let me know. If you think, oh, that's not going to work with how we're configured at the moment, let me know and we won't do that. But if you think that's a good idea, um, then I thought maybe we could try that tonight. Or if that's not a good idea, then I'll get prepared for next week and maybe bring on a new mod that that's their entire job is just to look for questions and comments and, and highlight them for me, basically. So I can stay at the bottom of the chat and, and kind of keep up with stuff. So curious what you guys think, mods. Um, what do you think of that idea? Uh, punchy paints and Killers Aquatics and candy overhauls. So that's what I'm thinking of doing. I'm just going to wait a second for the mods to chime in and say, Dan, you're crazy, or we've already got too much going on. There's no way we can have another task added right now. Or, hey, Dan, that's a great idea. Let's do it. I, I don't know what they'll say. So I mean, let's just give them a, a moment. While I'm waiting, rockin' fish, did you get the pipe fish and the glass fish? No, I did not. So um, everything that was on the um, on the invoice I received, which is good, but everything in the order was not received. So Punchy Paint says she thinks that will work for feeding me questions and comments. Okay, let me see what uh, what Candy and and Kayla's Aquatics say as well, because I think we kind of need everybody on board in order for to try something like that. And again, it might totally be that it's like, no, we cannot handle more. Let's see. Oh, Skipper. Hey, there you are. Skipper's Aquariums. Okay, cool. Glad you could join us. All right. We've got two out of four. It's waiting for candy in Bob's vote here. Um, so when I place the order, I, there's a difference between placing the order and then getting invoiced, right? Um, so I expect usually when I place an order to not get everything, but Usually when I'm invoiced, I don't get everything either. But in this case, I got almost everything. So it was pretty cool. All right. Whatever you wish, says Candy. <laughs> okay, so that's three out of four. I think that's good enough. Bob might be away from the computer right now or something. Um, so, okay, let's try that. So mods, I'm going to stay down here at the bottom of the chat. And I'll just wait for you guys to feed questions and comments to me. Um, just make them at Dan's Fish and I'll keep an eye out for them. Let's see if that works better or not. Um, I don't know if it will, but 
Let's see how it goes. While we're waiting, Lefty says, I'm loving these wild bettas already. Everyone is doing great and already eating their Hikari bloodworms. Awesome, Lefty. I'm glad that they came in and that they're doing well for you. <laughs> Scott Backer says, don't sound so enthusiastic, Candy. <laughs> yeah. Was that a uh, whatever you wish or was that an as you wish? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. And while we're, it's going to take him a little while to kind of build up to that, I think. So while we're waiting, I am going to scroll up for a minute or two. Um, actually, I'll get to the super chats while we're waiting. Let's see here. Chattanooga Ed, as as he does, is punching me in the face with his five dollar fox cat. Ed, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you. T shot. No comment. He just wanted to punch me in the face for a bit, which <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> T-Shot, $5. Hey, Dan, happy wife, happy life. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? What's your go-to water dechlorinator? Thanks for all that you do for the hobby. Keep it up. Mm, we'll do, T-Shot. Um, my go-to dechlorinator is none because I have a big carbon block filter. So the water comes into my pipes and it goes... Can I show you this? Let's see if we can see it. See those big blue, um, woo, these hanging from the ceiling. This one and this one. Those are two carbon block filters. They're both stuffed full of activated carbon, and those suck the chlorine out of my water pipes before it gets fed to the fish tank. So that's how I do it. And before that, honestly, I would just use whatever was cheapest. Um, I don't know if there's a big difference between them. The one that I'd probably use now if I needed it is Seachem Safe, just because it's so concentrated that a tiny bit lasts forever. I have a jar of Seachem Safe that's about this big that I've had for, I don't know, two years, two and a half years. Um, I use it in my shipping water and it just lasts forever. You just need a tiny bit. All right, Moonstone Aquatics, very good idea, and you won't be behind anymore. Great idea. We'll, we'll see if it works, yeah. It, it might be that we do it for today or next week or whatever, and, and then the mods are like, whew, let's not do that anymore, or we have to change something. But here's the first one. Candy overholes from Herp Diversity. Are they pure Wanamensis? Yes. Do they have the long fin? Because I know a lot don't because of hybridization. Yes, so my source for these rainbow fish is the guy that goes and collects the rainbow fish. So, um, he, yes, he's a rainbow fish nerd and he's, he writes articles on, on them. Um, if you read Amazonas magazine, you've read lots of articles, uh, with this guy and yeah, it's not just like a random fish farm like we're used to. This is a guy that actually goes, collects pure stock from nature or works with, with collectors that do, and has pure lines. So did I collect them and keep them and make sure that there was never any hybridization? No. So can I say that hundred percent? No, because I wasn't there. But as far as the reputation goes and the caliber of this person who is the source for these rainbow fish, I'm confident to say that they are absolutely 100% um, pure. And the source is trusted enough that like Gary Lang will buy rainbow fish source from this person. And so will lots of other rainbow fish nerds. So yeah, they are pure. As pure as anyone could guarantee in this industry. Rick Stidham, are the Forshi eating flakes? Yes, the better Forshi are eating flakes and pellets and frozen and everything. 
In fact, all the wild type bettas I currently have listed for sale are eating literally anything I put in the tank. They're not picky at all. Okay, just staying at the bottom here looking for some, I've got to train myself. I'm, I'm so used to doing this differently. So let me train myself real quick and just go to punchy paints, the betabelica, do they have aggression in grow out tanks? So I've never had aggression issues with betabelica, but I've never kept them like in a small tank with just two where they could key in on each other. When I keep wild type bettas, I like to keep them in large groups. Um, they're in a 75 gallon aquarium there's 50 of them in a 75 gallon aquarium, kind of same as the other times I've kept them. And there's plants in there and spawning mops and lots of pipes on the bottom. So if you, a group helps because if there is aggression, it spreads it out. Plants and decorations and all that help because then there's line of sight blocks. If someone's getting picked on, they can disappear into a pipe or behind a plant or whatever. But so that's the setups I keep them in. And I've never noticed aggression with Betabellica. I would say it's a pretty peaceful beta for sure. Okay, I'm going to scroll down. Punchy paints at Dan's Fish. If you could only have one species of mouth breeding beta, which one would you pick? I have successfully bred bubble nesters and raised fry, but wanted to try mouth brooders. Thanks. Okay, let's see. Um, oh, you can't do that to me. I can't pick one. Hmm. I guess I would go with the first one I ever did, which is beta chinoides. For pure nostalgic reasons. They're beautiful, they're hardy, they're easy to breed, they're easy to raise because the babies are big enough to eat baby brine shrimp from the get-go. Um, peaceful, only get about, you know, maybe around two inches or so. Um, and they were the first one I did. So for pure nostalgic reasons, that's probably the one I would choose. But you know, someone else that they don't have that nostalgia with that species, perhaps, then there's no reason to pick that one. There's so many nice ones. But that entire complex, Rubra, Chinoides, Album Marginata, all those, hardy, peaceful, beautiful, and easy in my experience. With the exception of one little thing, I've never gotten wild-caught Rubra, Chinoides, or Album Marginata to eat flakes or pellets. Now, maybe other people have, and I hope so. I always have to keep them on live and frozen until I get the first batch. If I raise them up, I can train the babies to eat flakes and pellets, and it's no problem, and rapashi and all that stuff. Um, but the wild bettas, when they first come in, of that particular clad or tribe or whatever they're called, that, that group, the Chinoides, Rubra, Alba Marginata type group, um, yeah, I can't get the wilds going on prepared foods. Don't know why. Okay, punchy paints. We will have to train ourselves as well. Yeah, this is going to be a bit of a learning curve for all of us, I think. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Let's see. I'm at the bottom. Let's see if I missed anyone. That'll be the challenge as well. Um, if it's too much work for the mods to actually moderate and select questions and comments for me, um, it just might not be practical. Like I, I can totally understand that. Um, so I'm waiting for the next one to be fed to me. In the meantime, I'm just going to go up and grab one so we don't have dead air. Sandy, is that Docty? I'm going to say Docty. Um, could be Dowdy. What are the yellow fish with the red in the tank behind you? So these are uh, Roseline barbs or Denison barbs. They're the gold form. So they're kind of like a 
I don't know how you describe them. They're not quite leucistic because some of them do get some brown pigment on them. But um, yeah, they, they have a lot less melanin than most of them. So as you can see, there is some on some of them, but I'm loving them. Um, bright gold, bright orange, like really pretty, pretty fish. And I'm happy to say I was able to buy them from the uh, person who developed that strain and bred them. So um, I'm getting kind of original strain stock, which is kind of cool. Punchy paints from orange cones. Anything you would recommend to add hatchet fish and head standards as a centerpiece fish. Okay. So you got a tank of hatchet fish and head standards, which is a brilliant idea by the way, because the hatchets will stay at the top and not bother the head standards and the head standards will feed off the bottom that you're not going to get competition. So that's pretty cool. Um, so what we would be looking for in that case is something that would stay kind of in the middle, but not be so fast to the food that the hatchets wouldn't get any because, or I'm sorry, the, not the hatchets, the, um, head standers because how head standers feed is they pick all day long. And you know this, I'm just saying this for other people that haven't kept them. Um, and they kind of have to graze a lot for long periods of time in order to really fill their bellies. So if you put some food in there and there's a bunch of fish eating it and it's gone in a few minutes, the challenge there is those head standers aren't going to get that food that sticks around for an hour or so that they can just graze off to really fill up which is what I think they really need. So the challenge is a, a centerpiece fish that won't just devour all the food really quickly. Something that kind of picks and grazes. That is a challenge. I am not coming up with anything. What would go well with headstanders and, and kind of be big like a showpiece? That's what I think of when you say uh, centerpiece fish. Okay, hive mind needs some help. Some a, a kind of centerpiece fish that grazes that won't outcompete a really slow feeding fish. Um, let me know what you got because. I know there's some, but they aren't popping to mind. Candy overholes from Dan Heater. What is your treatment for curing dropsy? Well, Dan, I wish there was one. Um, in my experience, have I ever treated dropsy? I don't know if I've ever treated it successfully. I've had a couple of cases reversed, but it was kind of like pure chance, I think. So dropsy is not a disease. It's an indication of a severe issue. But in itself, it's a symptom, not a disease. What it means is a couple things. It means either an internal organ, like the liver or something, is very badly infected and so swollen that the fish bows out in pine cones. Or it can mean that they're losing osmotic regulation. They're in such poor shape. They're, they're so sick that they can no longer keep fresh water out of their body. And that fresh water has just entered their body cavity in such a high volume that it's swollen them out like a balloon. In both those cases, you've got some kind of underlying issue, which is very severe in order for a fish to get to that point. So it's not a case of there's a disease called dropsy. How do I treat it? It's, it could be a liver infection, could be osmotic regulation, could be any internal organ that's kind of failing and causing a swell up through, um, causing the rest of the fish to react in that way. And, um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't have anything for you. I'm sorry. I wish I did. What I will say is what I think the best chance you would have via a medicine is, and keep in mind, I'm not a veterinarian or anything, but would probably be the go-to antibiotic for me, which is nitrofurazone and canamycin. And the reason is, is they work together in a synergy, which is helpful. And canamycin is easily absorbed into the inside of the fish internally via um, gills and probably skin as well, if I remember right. So you need an antibiotic if you're trying to treat dropsy, which will get inside the fish to treat the infection. But it could also be that it's a virus that is causing these organ issues and and, an antibiotic won't help against a virus. So if there's a virus that is doing something inside the fish so severely that it's just breaking down, basically, the fish is falling apart inside more or less. I know that's gruesome, but severe organ damage, um, then antibiotics aren't going to do anything for it. So that's my thoughts on dropsy. I wish I had a, a cure for you. Dowdy, Sandy Dowdy. Thank you, Sandy. I appreciate it. I hope I remember. <laughs> Please don't be offended if in the future I forget that, but Sandy Dowdy. All right, let me get back down. Um, there were some others in here that mods are feeding me. Hey, Bentley, good to see you. <laughs> the Frederick guy, um, they're doing pretty darn good. So I think I'm going to give them one extra week, though. Bentley, because the Melanotania Frederick I were in that box that was delayed until Monday. And um, so I'm going to give them an extra week. So let's say middle of next week or next weekend, they'll be ready to go. And I, I don't have a count off the top of my head. Their tank's just a little too far for me to glance over and actually see for you. Punchy paints. Swampy Acres Homestead, how often do you have to change your water in a 10-gallon a week to keep the levels low? Okay, so what I'm getting from that is that you have a 10-gallon tank and you want to change the water once a week and you're wondering how much, no, how often. Okay, not exactly sure what the question is, but if you're changing water in a 10-gallon once a week, I don't know, 30% can't hurt. Um... There's all kinds of things. What's the bio load? What's the filtration? How many plants do you have? Or how quickly are the plants growing? How much do you feed? Are you an overfeeder, an underfeeder? What kinds of foods do you feed? There's a bajillion different um, factors. But in general, I think something that works as a rule of thumb in pretty much any aquarium that's normally stocked and normally maintained and normally fed and all that, normally filtered, um, if there is a normal, let's pretend there is, or or I can't answer this, um, is, you know, 25 to 30%. And if you do that once a week, that can't hurt. Um, That would be, in general, a pretty clean tank. So that's my thoughts based on the information that I understood out of that question. I don't know exactly what levels you're trying to keep low, but if you're talking about just general aquarium health, that's, that's, a, that's a starting point. All right. Candy, thank you for pulling Bentley's question. And um, sorry, I just went straight to it. I've got it. I'm still training myself. This is brand new. <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums. Don Gallagher asks, Festivum, centerpiece fish. Festivum might be good. They're so quick to the food though, right? So to feed um, spotted head standers, 
my strategy is I've got them in right now with, um, they were hatchet fish sold out of the hatchet fish. Now they're in with the Celebes half beaks and the Celebes kind of eat towards the surface. So I put in flakes for the Celebes and then I throw in sinking pellets for the, um, head standers. And that's not a bad thought. The fest of them, the trick would be to just make sure that the fest of them has a big thing of food he can be working on for a while so that the headstanders, headstanders, honestly, they're going to need 15 minutes, half an hour of just solid pecking at a pellet uh, before they get enough food. They're, they're slow feeders. So that's a good, that's a better option than anything I thought of, Don. So um, let's move in the right direction. If anyone else has any ideas, something really slow feeding. You know what might work? Now that I think of it, is some kind of a mamirid. Um, one of the smaller mamirids. Those are like uh, baby dolphins and elephant nose and things like that. If you're an experienced fish keeper, um, and, and I know you are, um, they're going to be pretty picky. They're only going to really want frozen and live foods. So that might be something. If you can find a picky fish that only wants frozen or live foods or something like that. And so you feed frozen live foods, everybody eats, but then you drop in some sinking pellets and the mamirid isn't going to be interested in those. Um, then the head standards would get enough dwell time with the food to eat it successfully. So that might be the way to go. I just realized I forgot my glass of water. Oh boy. I was like, I need a drink. And I went to reach for it. And it's like, not there. Oh, oh no. All right. We're going to keep going. See how this goes. <laughs> Kayla's Aquatics throwing down $4.99 saying, keep it up. We'll do Kayla's Aquatics. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate the super chat. Never required, always appreciated. And as you know, it makes the wife super happy. Skipper's Aquariums. DC Kyle asks, when you open the new warehouse, are you planning to order larger quantities of what you normally bring in, or are you planning to stock even more variety of fish and or plants too? So the plan is to do more variety, not more of each type. So um, I will bring in, like, let's, let's say I typically bring in um, 20 rainbows. I would still bring in 20 rainbows, but I could bring in, instead of 30 species at a time, I could bring in 60 species at a time or something like that, but probably not more quantity. Now, if there's a fish that I perpetually sell out of continually, then I'd be an idiot not to order twice as many, right? So there might be a few species that I do order more of, but um, that'll be determined by demand. But in general, the goal is to be able to offer more types of fish instead of buying you know, 300 of a certain species of rainbow at once. So that's the, that's the plan. And that's a good question. As far as plants, I have no plans to get into plants. Um, one day, maybe I'll get into plants. One day, maybe I'll get into dry goods. One day, maybe I'll get into like, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's not even on the radar right now. I've got plenty of work to do to um, sell live freshwater fish well in a scalable way and actually scale that business. Now, if that ever gets to the point where it's like fully scaled and I'm like twiddling my thumbs in the corner because I'm bored because 
it's just going so smoothly. Like if that ever happened, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm like, Hey, I need another project. Then maybe I'd start thinking about plants or dry goods or, th- or something, but that's not my business model at all. None of the projections, none of the, um, equipment or facilities I'm building right now or, or planning have anything to do with plants or, or, or dry goods. So it really is just fish right now. Punchy paints. Oh, it jumped. Wait, I'm not, can't even keep up when, when the mods are feeding me. <laughs> Punchy paints from Nord Aquatics. Some sort of Garami or Paradise fish for the headstanders. Could be. Um, in my experience, the Paradise fish and Garamis are like that to the food. They're, they're very aggressive eaters. Um, unless we're talking about maybe like little licorice Garamis, but then they're not big enough to be a centerpiece. But but I like where your mind's going because they're not like like rainbow shiners or, or rainbow fish or something that are just zipping like torpedoes for the food. They are, even though they're, they see food, they get excited and go for it. They are slower than a lot of those, those other species. So I, I see where your head is at. Um, maybe. Maybe like if you got one pearl garami in there. It's still going to go down. Well, yeah, okay. So here's another thing that might help with this scenario is if you did get like, let's say one pearl garami and you fed two large pellets, like a massive ore sinking pellet or something like that, or a large algae wafer or something that the garami is going to have to eat for a while. If you put two in on opposite sides of the tank, the garami will go for one, but there's no way it's going to be able to do both. So as long as it's big enough that the garami really has to work at it, then yeah, something like that could work. Um, and that could be the same with like a electric blue Acara or, or anything really. Uh, you could only kind of have one though, because if you ever got two of them, then they could, you know what I mean? Or if you got two, you'd have to put in three piles of food, I guess. Yeah, that might be a way to manage it. Moonstone Aquatic Centerpiece, though. Um, oh, sorry. Moonstone, thank you. But I've got to stick with the mod thing. I, I've got to stick with the new system. So I'm going to move do that. I'm going to discipline myself. Skipper's Aquariums, just a suggestion. Take a break and do the first giveaway. All right. When my mods speak, I listen. Let's do the first giveaway. So this is from, it didn't do it. There we go. Absolute Aquatics is providing two $25 gift (laughs) gift certificates. This is what happens when I forget my glass of water um, for tonight's giveaway. Thank you so much, Trayson. Appreciate it. And um, we're going to draw the first $25 right now. So the winner is Koi Fish. Koi Fish, you've won a $25 gift certificate. Uh, gift certificate. <laughs> Why is that so hard? Two dance fish from Absolute Aquatics. Congratulations. Um, you've got a little under a minute to just let us know that you are here. And because you do have to be present to win. So that's the first one. We'll do the other one in a little bit. All right. Let's see. Come on down, Koi Fish. You are a winner if you type in chat. Come on down. There you are. Hey, Koi Fish. There you are. Congratulations. And again, thanks to Absolute Aquatics for doing that. And Koi Fish, if you would email me, dan at dansfish.com, um, with 
Yeah, that's all I need. I'll email you a gift certificate for $25 provided by Absolute Aquatics. So that was fun. Cool. All right. Let's see. I'm going to go back up to the mod feed here. Let's see. Where was I at? I was at Skipper's Aquarium saying, take a break and do a drawing. So now, candy overhauls from Rick May. When the warehouse is running, are you shutting down the basement and annex tanks? Yes. Yes. Um, absolutely. I need to give my wife back her garage because there's nothing like scraping ice off your windshield at 30 below or colder here in Wyoming on a winter morning. <laughs> and um, we want to build a studio in the basement. So my wife is a podcaster and an author and a musician. So... She needs a place where she can record her podcast, record her music and things like that. Um, my kids are both YouTubers. I'm a YouTuber. So we plan to turn this basement area into, into a place we can all do good work, nice soundproofing, good lighting, a decent background, you know, all that stuff kind of up our game um, in those areas. So, yep, it's all moving in. And also just for efficiency, like, if we have to run to different locations, it's bad enough just having a basement and a garage. Like I have to carry big boxes up, get all the fish, put them in, carry them back down the stairs. Like it, it's just not efficient. So just for efficiency's sake, having everything together is, um, is pretty important. In fact, this whole thing is designed for efficiency. Um, in an early draft, I had these work tables like over in a corner so I could have longer rows so that I could fit more tanks. But someone mentioned, it made a good point. They're like, hey, if your work tables are in the center, then when you're going to buy fish, you, you move less, you walk less distance. And so that's going to greatly increase the efficiency of the design. So I added that in, added some other things as we go, just trying to make it the most efficient place to work. Um, and having several locations is, is going to be a problem for that. John's fish. What about a chocolate grommy for centerpiece fish? Yes. Yes. When, when I was thinking grommies, I don't know why, but I automatically went to like uh, paradise fish and dwarf grommies and stuff like that. I didn't even think about chocolate grommies, but yes, chocolate grommies and samurai grommies would make excellent centerpiece fishing with head standers. That, John, is a perfect solution. Yes, absolutely. I think that's right. Slow eaters, not really quick, really pretty, really unique. Yeah, so far that's the winner. Orange cones, I feed head standers. Oh, can't do it. Sorry, orange cones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the new system. Punchy paints from John Doe. I plan on setting up two planted 55-gallon tanks. How many sponge filters and what air pump is kind of quiet to run both tanks? Um, so John Doe, I would go to Gemco and buy their big Chorus Pro sponge filter. That's what I use in my 75 gallons. That's what I use down here in this, uh, this 100-gallon down here with all these quarries and plecos in it. And I've got a, I got four of them down there, but if you do just, it, it depends too, if you have plants and all that stuff, but I, I, I think you could start with one sponge filters, 
a large size from Gemco without any problem. Let me show you the one I'm talking about. Um, so this is Gemco for those that don't know. The worst website in the world, but the best company. So the website sucks, but their stuff is awesome. So let me see if I can find real quick filtration. And we're looking for hydro sponge filters. And there's one here. Yes, this one, the HP. This is the big boy that I use all the time. I like it because A, it's big, but B, it's a really coarse foam. So it doesn't clog real quick. Um, and it's just of all the sponge filters I've tried, that's the one I like the best. Now, Aquarium Co-op has sponge filters too. The, the only reason I didn't mention them first is because I'm not as familiar with them because I bought all my sponge filters before Aquarium Co-op started selling theirs. Um, but I like Aquarium Co-op and I like supporting them when I can. So if they have a large mega sponge filter and it's in the chorus foam, and I think his sponge filters are in the chorus foam, that might be the place to check. So Candy Overholes can probably set us straight on that one um, and let us know if if they've got a big one. Um, but I, I don't know for sure. I know that Corey oftentimes will just stock a few items that will serve most people instead of trying to serve, get it every item that there is available because only a few people will want the biggest sponge filters. So I'm not sure if they sell them or not. But if they do, that's another place you could look. But, but keep in mind, you want the pro or chorus sponge, in my humble opinion. Okay, chat jumped. Man, I'm having trouble keeping up. <laughs> even when I am doing it this way, but I'm going to keep going. We're going to keep trying. I'm doing better. I think doing better. <laughs> Skipper's Aquarium's from Wichita Falls. Hey, Wichita. Good to see you. Do you plan to wait? Do you have a plan on bringing in any more plecos? Do you ever see the queen air arabesque? Yes. Yes to both those things. So, um, I tried one species. It went really well. Now I'm trying a second species, the L14, Sunshine, I think is what they're called, going really well. So um, next time I order, I'll probably order like three species and see how they go. Um, but so far, so good. So I do plan on keeping going with some plecos. Yes, I'm liking them a lot. Mikey Trevor was right. That's Mile High Plecos. From Wichita Falls. Oh, okay. Looks like we got, we double dipped there. We got Punchy and Skipper's Aquarium. So I'm going to keep going. Oh, wait. Let's see here. Waiting for a mod to feed me one. There's one from Candy via Chevy Fish. We will wait while you go get your water. Oh, yeah. I Thank you. I appreciate that. But I can last another half an hour. But thank you. If it gets really bad, <laughs> I say as my throat feels scratchy, um, then I'll go do it. But thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, Kayla's Aquatic, sorry I've been driving for the past hour. Oh, no worry, no worry. Highlighting and copy-paste does not work on a phone. Home now so I can help. All right, Bob. Hey, no worries. It, you do plenty around here and many other channels as well, Bob. So drive away. No, no problems. Um, Punchy Paints from Michael Machos. My albino cat had babies. Your video was helpful. I'm glad to hear that. And enjoy them. There's, there's nothing as fun as a bunch of tiny little corridors 
clowning around. They're a ton of fun. And they grow super fast. So enjoy them while they're itty bitty. It won't last long. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that, Michael. I'm glad it helped out. And congrats. Cigars all around. Taylor's Aquatics from Brian Klimazewski. I think what I'm going to try to do is just say the name of the person who posted the question, not the mod, because we all know who the mods are. Any plans to set up some tanks still with any fry from your import? Not yet. I, I mean, before I started on the warehouse project, I was working 14 to 20 hours a day easy. Um, now that I've added the warehouse project to my plate, um, I'm finding it difficult <laughs> to keep up with everything. So I found a few efficiencies, so I made my time a little more efficient, but there aren't that many efficiencies left to find. I've been finding efficiencies <laughs> like <laughs> my entire time doing this business. So there's not that much more I can cut out. And so things are things are just falling by the wayside, like my fruit fly cultures. Just been so darn busy that um, this is the first time in years that I'm out of fruit fly cultures because I got so busy that I, I didn't renew the cultures. And so I fed them all out. They got old. They kind of died out. And usually I renew them and start a new culture before that happens. But things like that are already happening. And so there's no way I can add breeding projects to the current load. Um, just no way. The, the priority has to be just maintaining and keeping the fish I already have healthy and, and taking care of the customers. Anything as strenuous to that is kind of being put by the side right now. Um, so that anytime I have beyond that, I can work on the warehouse. It's, it's just a massive project. My hope is that we can get the warehouse going, the business up and running. I, this won't be overnight. But my hope is that given time, we can build the business to the point and get the right people in the right positions so that it's its, its own kind of self-regulating organism that doesn't take all my time. In which case, what I would love to do down here in the studio is set up some aquariums and do detailed in-depth breeding videos for people of all kinds of species from selection of the breeders to the conditioning, to spawning, to raising the fry, all the way on up till the fry are decent sized. Um, that's what I really want to do. That's that's what I would like to share with with everybody instead of just videos of here's the fish I have for sale, which is fun too, but not my true love. What I really would like to do if I could make any video anytime is videos, detailed videos of spawning from start to finish. Because there's lots of videos out there, but usually you get one little piece. It's like, oh, the fish are spawning. Let's take a quick video of it. But you miss out on a lot of the important stuff, like how do you hatch the eggs? How do you raise the babies? All that stuff. So one day I'd like to get to the point where I am set up for breeding again. Um, Cause that's, that's my true passion in the hobby um, is breeding and, and do that, that work that I want to do videoing all that stuff, but that's going to be a while. And by the way, I'm very much enjoying the business too. I, I like business and I like fish and I love feeling like we're making a difference. Um, and I think we are. There's lots of people that are now shipping fish 
better than they ever have before. There's lots of people that are uh, prepping fish for shipping better. And, and I think that we're tiny still, but even at this size, I feel like I know we're making an impact because I have reports from people that sell fish and, and do it and it works. And so they, they make it their own. They might not do my exact process, but it's a starting point for them. And, and just the awareness that there are better ways to do it and the emphasis on it, I think is spreading. And so I feel like we are making a difference. So that's very rewarding. It's not as fun as breeding fish, but it's something that I enjoy. But Brian, when I can, I'll get back to breeding seriously and, and doing all that. But I absolutely cannot do anything else at, at this time. Yeah. Oh, wait. Did a mod not feed me that? Did I break my rule? Oh, no. Because aquatics did feed me that. I was a good boy. <laughs> From Rockford Fishkeeping, those Pro 5s are made by ATI. I use them also. They're great. Co-ops are just green color ATIs. Oh, okay, great. So as long as they're the, if you can find them in the big size from the co-op, then those would work for you. Good to know. All right. Candy overholes. Oh, I'm trying to just not say the mod's name because that'll get old, I think, if I repeat the mod's name over and over. Okay, here we go. I'm fairly new to the hobby. Well, welcome. And about a week ago, I noticed that one of my Kubo Tai Botia loaches is having random jumps, and I don't know what to do. It's almost like it has an inner parasite. Hmm. Well, um, a couple of questions for you. Okay, I, I'm not going to be able to pinpoint what the problem is based on that description because any loach that feels uncomfortable or skittish is going to act weird. Loaches act weird. Like they do weird things. They'll lay on their side. They'll go upside down. They'll, they, they're what we call loachy. <laughs> they're just funky fish. But from what you're describing, that's a behavior that you can notice from any loach that just doesn't feel settled in or comfortable. So a couple things. First, is it a new tank and a new fish in that tank? If he just hasn't been in there very long, then um, it could just be it needs more settling in time. Also, loaches need places to hide to feel secure. So they'll need little crevices that they can go, you know, squeeze into. The tighter, the better, as long as they can get into it. Um, you can do that with rock work. You can do that with PVC pipes. You can do that with anything, little caves and stuff. But they do need somewhere um, in the wild they're going to be often hanging out in little crevices or deep in the leaf litter and things like that in, in hollow logs, things like that. So they need somewhere to be able to get away. If they don't have that and don't have several of them, then they'll feel uncomfortable. Another thing with loaches is they're gregarious. Um, loaches, especially Botia kubatai, um, need to be in a group and the bigger, the better, like a group of 12 would be spectacular. A group of six is adequate, but they do need companions and they will act uncomfortable without it. So those are some things to think of. Now, could it be an internal parasite? Yes. Is the fish flashing? Is it like swimming up to things and like skidding against them? Just if here's a rock, does the fish go against the rock and try to rub its skin on the rock? If so, then it could be an external parasite in which case, two good places to start are um, Mardell Quick Cure or Ickex and Prozzi, Prozzi Quantal. 
um, Prozzi Pro, whatever form you get it in, those really help with external parasites quite a bit. Um, so if that's what you mean by random jumps, um, then I would treat for external parasites. But it could be just uncomfortable, could be external parasites, could be that you have a filter or a heater or something that's leaking electricity into the aquarium somehow, and the loach is getting a little electronic zap or something too. There's, there's a million things it could be. So I don't know how to pinpoint it exactly, but those are my thoughts, um, I'm Charlie, when I hear about what you're saying there. But it's impossible for me to pinpoint just based on a comment. But welcome to the hobby. Glad you're here. And if we can help you further, um, we're here to help. Okay. Peeps Lost Sheep. What a great username. <laughs> Peeps Lost Sheep. Suggestions for dwarf, shrimp, safe, centerpiece fish to go with a chili rasbora. Doesn't have to be large fish. I'm particularly fond of nano fish in a 55 gallon planted. Okay, so in a 55 gallon planted with shrimp, as long as they're not baby shrimp, then I feel like um, I, I really love a giant school of threadfin rainbows. They're fantastic. They're beautiful. And they would go well with chili rasbors. The only caveat there is threadfin rainbows are micro predators and they love feeding on baby shrimp. So if there's baby shrimp on the glass and things, they'll seek them out and pick them off. But almost any fish is going to eat baby shrimp. So I assume that's, I mean, that's the same with chili rasbors and stuff. So I would say if you want a centerpiece, and it's a nano fish, a large group of threadfin rainbows, that's hard to beat. Um, that's really beautiful. So that's one thought. Master photographer, can Pseudomugil cyanodorsalis be kept in bread in fresh water? I love their look, but I have a heavily planted tank, so I'm not looking to go brackish. So master photographer, I don't have personal experience with cyanodorsalis, but from everything I've heard and the people that do have experience, I would not keep them in, in fresh water. I, I think you're going to do have issues if they're not in brackish water. Um, now, anyone here that's been keeping cyanodorsalis uh, for years in fresh water with no problems and is on like their fifth generation, please feel free to correct me. But um, I, I don't believe master photographer from what, from what I've been able to glean from people that do keep them, that fresh water is the way to go. Jerry Serple Morris. Oops, sorry, Jerry. I'm going to get to the mods. I got to got to stick with the system here. Candy overhauls. How do you initially start your business? How did you start your business? Was it a plan in the beginning or a hobby that you realized you could scale? Is there a video on this or would you make a video in the future? So, um, so I did not plan to do this as a living ever. I planned to do it as a major hobby like have a big fish room and breed fish and have fun for sure for my entire life. Um, and I've been doing that honestly, since I was, you know, 13 years old, let's say the summer between sixth and seventh grade. Um, by, by the end of that year, I had, I think 50 aquariums in my parents' basement. They were very tolerant folks. <laughs> um, so I always was very interested in it, but I was hesitant to turn it into a living for two reasons. One, um, I loved theater and um, I knew I could make a living in theater and in academia. So from the time I was in high school, my plan was to be a theater professor. 
because I loved theater and I wanted the stability of a professorship because I wanted to have kids and, you know, benefits and all that stuff. It's, it's a good job. It doesn't pay really well. It pays decently, but it's not, you're not going to get rich being a professor, but you'll have a steady life and be able to um, have a family and you get summers off so you can vacation with your kids and stuff. And um, kids have always been very important to me. I knew from early on, I wanted to have kids and I wanted to spend time with them and, and be tight with them. So, um, that's why I went that way. What I found though is, I mean, during my whole life, I've kept fish, even during my schooling and, and while I was a professor, I, I had lots of fish. What I found is I didn't like being a professor as much as I liked keeping fish. And so, um, it just wasn't something that really drew me, um, it, which sucks after 10 years of of higher education to get the degrees you need to become a professor to then become one and realize, oh, this isn't as much fun as I thought. And it's basically, I'm a self-starter. I see an opportunity. I want to go for it. Um, and with being a professor, there's so much red tape. You can't just go do something. There are many levels of administration you have to go through before anything can happen, before any change can be made whatsoever in, in your program or your curriculum or the kinds of plays you want to do or, or whatever, getting new facilities that you need to grow, whatever it is. And I found that endlessly frustrating. I'm the kind of guy that if I'm not progressing, if there's stagnation, I get bored very quickly. So, um, so that was kind of the thing where I was like, well, I'm not enjoying this. I'm kind of towards the end dreading getting out of bed and going to do this. And that's not fair for my students. That's not fair for anybody. So someone who likes this kind of system should be in that position, not me. And by then I was doing a decent business as a hobbyist. So I was selling fish as a side gig kind of hobby slash business, but really just as a side gig that I enjoyed doing, breeding fish, selling fish, importing some stuff, but mostly just as a hobby. Um, but then I realized I didn't like being a professor as much as I thought I would. And I, I know I like fish. I've been doing it since I was a kid. I was like, I'm not going to get bored of fish. It's what I want to do. Like when I'm off, you know, in my job that I'm not enjoying, what I'm dreaming about is fish. And I can't get, wait to get back home and start working with them again. So it just kind of naturally morphed into that's what I'm going to do. And I knew that I could. I've run lots of, if you can develop and manage and run a theater festival, like a professional theater festival, and deal with the agents and the fundraising and the patrons and the audience and the, it's like planning a wedding, but planning 12 weddings at once. It's, 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 it's a huge logistical undertaking. If you can do that, if you can produce theater, if you can deal in that space. And I was like, if I can do that, I can figure out how to do a fish business that works. And so I switched. So that's kind of what it was. It's, but really it's hobby first. If you don't have a true burning passion for this, <laughs> it's like I'm Fabio or something. I can't believe it's not butter. Um, if you don't have this true passion for it though, don't start because I was serious when I said 14 to 20 hour days, like just working. 
take a break to see the kids real quick when they get home from school <laughs> and then try to get them to come down and help me <laughs> like filters need changing kids, you know, something like that. So I can spend some time with them. But um, it, it really does take almost everything that you've got. And so if you don't have the passion, there's no way you're going to stick with it. The work is too hard, too long and the payoff too deferred if you're talking financial payoff for it to be worth it. So that's my thoughts on that. So I've done videos on the business. In fact, if you look at live streams and past videos, I talk about every aspect of the business almost, but um, I probably won't do a specific video on exactly how it started, but that's the story. That's the story. Um, Nurse Beckus. Hello, Nurse Beckus. Welcome. Throwing down. Oh, this is not the lemon with the uh, maracas. This is the lemon with love in her heart for me. Thank you, Nurse Beckus. Right back at you. And thanks for the super chat. $9.99. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Um, and I missed another one. There we are. Kayla's Aquatics throwing down four bucks for me. Oh, oh, a glass of water. <laughs> Thank you. Kayla's Aquatics has provided a mug of water or hot chocolate or something for me. Thanks, Bob. I am kind of thirsty right now, but I can push through the last uh, 12 minutes here without breaking to get a drink. No worries. Okay, let me scroll back up. Here we go. Uh, candy. Hi, I treated my 75 gallon with Ikex tonight and plan on doing a 30% water change tomorrow. Should I give another full? Yes. So with Ikex or Mardell Quick Cure, um, treat, do the water change, and then treat the full amount. Those, those chemicals do have a half-life, so that medicine does dissipate over time. So yes, do the full dose. And I've never had a problem with that. And, you know, I'll, I'll treat up to 10 days, sometimes 14 days straight, uh, just to make sure it's cleared out of the system. And I'll, I don't have a problem doing the full dose daily with the water change between doses. Now, I say that and for some reason it won't work for you, but that is how I do that. And that is the instructions as, as I recall on the bottle as well. Absolute Aquatics. I've broke that 50 subscriber mark. Awesome. Congrats. That's awesome. Absolute Aquatics. Glad we could help you out. So for those that don't know, Absolute Aquatics is the gentleman, Trayson, who provided the giveaway for tonight. So um, he did $50 worth of gift cards, gift certificates to Dan's Fish. Thanks again. Helping me in two ways. Buying from my store and doing a giveaway. So that's awesome. I'm double dipping. <laughs> and um, so he provided that and we drew one of them and we will draw another one uh, soon here, soon, soon. But glad we could help you out. Punchy Paints. I'm going to stop doing the mod name. Sorry. John Doe, you forgot to mention a quiet air pump. Oh, sorry. I did forget that. Um, I don't have one. I've been out of the air pump market for years. I've used central air pumps for over a decade now or more actually. I just have not bought a small air pump unit in forever. The one brand from back in the day, so this could have changed, that I remember working well and being fairly quiet, like just a little pump for a single tank or two, were the Dolphin brand. That's Woo Brothers uh, air pump. 
Let's see if they still exist. Is it Juan Brothers? Not Wu Brothers, sorry. Juan Brothers Air Pump. Okay, let's see if we can find one here. So Juan, here it is, the Dolphin, yeah. So these Dolphin pumps from Juan Brothers were always my preferred pump um, until I went into central air pumps. Now, it's been over 10 years. There could be better pumps out there, but that's what I remember from back in the day. <laughs> what cares aquatics throwing down 50 bucks? All right. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate it so much. And <laughs> we have <laughs> the, uh, I believe the dude version of Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Um, from Rockford Fishkeeping, the 55-gallon plant to take adlimias, they are great with a mono shrimp. Okay, that's an idea. I With a mono, sure. I, I think limias can be a little bit hard, though, on small, like your typical cherry shrimp, crystal red shrimp, things like that. But... If it's working for you, that's good to know. Nurse Beckus, would Corey's Lil Nano air pump run one of those larger sponges? They're super quiet. Cool. So I've never used, again, I haven't used individual air pumps for a long, long, long time, many years. So I'm not familiar with that pump, but that might be an option. So it sounds like they're quiet. So worth checking out. Nano air pump. Okay. From Charlie Barton, thanks. I will start dosing ICX and we'll keep you updated. Second question, in the same tank, I have cardinal tetras. About every two weeks, one will go away from the school and starve out. Okay, so I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm familiar with it. So this is why sometimes it takes three, four months before I'll start selling a fish I bring in. Because they sometimes they'll go through that. You get a group of fish in and they're pretty good, but there's... Every few days or whatever, there's one that goes off and turns to the wall and, and stops eating and, and passes away in a day or two. Could be anything. Could be in a parasite, could be bacterial, could be a virus, could, could be anything. Um, so often I never know what it is. Often it's just a matter of literally months until that stops, everyone's settled in, everyone's immune system is back up to the point where they can combat whatever's causing it, and everyone gets fat and happy, and there's no deaths for over a month, and I'm like, okay, now I can sell these. Um, but I wish, I wish, Charlie, that I knew what that was. I have a feeling it could be many, many, many different things, and each time it happens, I don't know which of the 10 dozen things it could be that it is. But sometimes I try all the various meds, nothing works, and then I just have to take time. Usually, they end up settling and stabilizing. Sometimes it takes months, though. Sometimes they don't. Every now and then there's a group of fish that literally I'll just gradually lose. And it could be over the course of a year, and then I'm down to the last one. So that's a hard one for me to answer. I wish... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the Super Chat sticker that Canada's Aquatics just posted, because he's right. That's the male version of Pippi Longstocking. This. Here we go. This is the male version of Pippi Longstocking, not to be confused with my mistake, this one, which is the um, 
I don't know. Unisex version, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble here. Um, okay, let's look for a couple more, but we are getting towards the end here. So as we, well, I'll do that in a little bit. So Rockford Fishkeeping is recommending a Whisper or Gemco. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I like Gemco. Um, I would check there as well. Gemco has really good stuff. And I have used their diaphragm pumps and they were very quiet, but they were big. I think each diaphragm pump I had uh, powered like 15 tanks or something, but they do sell, um, provide smaller ones as well. Okay. From Jerry Serple Morris, Morris, thanks. It's always interesting to hear how people were able to turn their passion into a career. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad it's happening. I'm loving it. I have to tell you, it's long hours. I'm really tired a lot of the time. Like I'm literally exhausted right now. I'm just beyond tired. There's so much to do, but I'm super happy. Like, even though I'm tired, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Pro gaming, knock it off, man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. There was a, the first really disturbing comment that I've can remember that we've ever had. We got last week. It was really disheartening. Someone put in a racist comment, like a, a white power type comment. There's no room for that here, guys, like banned for life. Just no, none of that stuff. Now pro gaming didn't do that, but let's behave. I mean, yes, we can have fun of course, but no politics, no religion, no hate stuff. Everyone here is welcome, no matter what their politics or religion or orientation or socioeconomic level or age or whatever. Everyone's welcome. So let's just make sure we act accordingly in the chat. Okay. Um, and also, my mods work super hard and they do it for free. And so let's not do things that bug them and make their job harder. That's just, that's just not considerate. Okay. Let's see here. I think that's all that the mods are feeding me. So I think we'll close it for now. Um, I believe that, yeah, okay. So what I want to do now is just find out how that went. Um, real quick, before we close this out, we're about to do the final giveaway and finish up now. Um, I'm just curious how that was. Mods, did that work for you? Um, other folks, just, just folks watching, does that seem like something that was like, oh, okay, that works for me. Or did you, did you like the old system better? Um, just trying to find a way to not be so behind and, and miss important stuff, I guess. So just curious what folks thought. I missed one. Okay. Hang on. I'll scroll up and find it. Was it a super chat I missed or was it a comment? I mean, I guess it was a comment. Let's see if I can find it real quick. looking here. If I don't see in just a second, then I'll stop looking because um, I don't want to take the whole stream <laughs> just looking. I don't see it, Candy, um, but we're close to the end here. So, hey, Lance, Lance Takata. Thanks, Lance, for the $5 super chat. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, always appreciate it. Just it, it is helpful. Okay, Don thinks it was better. Chattanooga Ed hates Ick. 
Um, Punchy Paints thought it worked pretty well. Master Photographer thought it worked well. Um, just looking for some other other feedback on if people like this system. And then we'll do the final giveaway and, and close it out for the night. But when you try something new, you know, you want to find out if it works. So Mons, also please let me know if it's like, oh, with this additional work, if you need, if we need to find another mod to help out or, or give someone the designation of this is your job, just do this, or maybe we rotate today. It's candy tomorrow. It's Bob. Then I don't, I don't know the best way to manage it, but if you guys like this, um, then, then we can find a way to, to continue. It worked well for skippers. Okay. Tiffany White thought it worked well. Fish Keeper, Keeper Cole, detracting comment. He liked the old one better. Um, it worked well, says John Cox, but you guys need practice. Yes, I, I agree. It's, it's brand new. Um, Absolute Aquatics liked it. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to do one more. The one I missed was from Hiram Santiago. Two of my dwarf rainbow fish have a white fin, I'm guessing. Do you think it could be injury from male or beginning of ick or fin rot? The males sleep fine and they eat well still. Okay, so the males got a little white on the fin. So for most, uh, Hiram, is this a new fish or a fish that has just moved to a new setup? Um, if that's the case, then some stress could have occurred. And being once it adjusts, it might be just fine in clean water with some space and peace and quiet. It, its immune system might kick in and it might be just fine. If this is a fish you've had for a while and your parameters are fine, you've tested and you actually know that and you haven't changed anything maintenance-wise or feeding-wise and suddenly that's happened, then that's a little more concerning because um, it's not, we can't attribute that to the, the stress of a new environment or anything like that. So it's impossible for me to tell you what it is, if it's ick or fin rot or what, because there's so many things that can cause white stuff on fish. Um, ick is pretty, uh, is fairly easy to diagnose. It's tiny little white spots all over the fish, the body, the fins everywhere. If there's just some white and it's isolated to just one fin, it's probably not ick. It's probably something else. But what I would say is, um, I, I cannot tell you what it is based on the description I read. But uh, the best thing you could do to start is just good food and really clean water. If you see another fish harassing it or you can find a stressor, like, oh, that fish is constantly picking on that fish, therefore it's stressed, therefore it's getting ill, then removing the stress could really be helpful. But I, I couldn't tell you any more than that without really knowing what it is. And I can't know what it is based on um, what I read there. Okay, we're going to close it out now and do the second giveaway. Once again, this giveaway is provided by Absolute Aquatics, who's gotten up to 50 subs tonight. That's pretty cool. And the giveaway is for 
a $25 gift certificate. And the winner is Chris Patterson. Chris Patterson, come on down. You have won $25 in gift certificates to Dan's Fish provided by Absolute Aquatics. So um, you've got about a minute to put in a message saying you're here. And then if you would email me, dan at dansfish.com, say, hey, I'm Chris. I won the gift certificate. Then I will um, send you one on behalf of Absolute Aquatics is I think how we're doing it. So we're just going to twiddle our thumbs here for just one moment while we, there we go. I am here, says Chris Patterson. Awesome, Chris. Send me an email and um, we'll get you a gift certificate. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to my mods, as always. Um, thanks for trying this new thing with me. Um, let's try it again next week. And um, unless I hear different, if, if you're like, oh, I hated that or whatever, send me an email, call me, whatever, um, and we'll, we'll work something else out. But let's try it for a little bit if everyone's game and see how it goes. Um, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. See if people like it better or not. Um, everyone that left a super chat, thank you so much. Always appreciated. All you people that participated with questions and comments, thanks so much. If I couldn't get to yours, then I'm very sorry. Um, can't get to all of them. And all you lurkers, Lurker Nation, everyone watching on the replay, hello. And until next one, I hope you have a good, oh, Punchy Paints. Punchy Paints usually goes after me at about nine o'clock. So in about 26 minutes, Punchy Paints, I believe, will be doing her weekly live stream. So check it out if you want more. And until next Wednesday, 